Welcome to Sounding Board Parenting, creating healthier human connections through the commonality of parenting. Exploring the world of parenting with high-performing mums and dads from a range of backgrounds, industries and family dynamics. We start this week's episode with Heidi Anderson opening up about struggling for clarity at times on the roles she plays in life, which currently revolve around being a mum to baby Memphis, along with building a business, being a wifey to Griffo, and staying connected as a friend and daughter. Not to mention a media career which has now led to Heidi having a positive impact in the lives of mums and women all over. Let's jump in. Like, I really struggle with that because, yeah, like I have, you know, I'm a wife. I also have a business that I'm working on. I um, am a friend. I am, you know, a daughter. And, yeah, I think the the best role that I have in my life right now is Memphis's mum. And, you know, um, I don't know how you feel about parenting, but I kind of believe that I'm not here to tell him, like, what he has to be or who he's going to be, you know, and direct, I'm here to just guide him. And I feel like he chose Griffo and I for a reason. Um, and, you know, some people might go, oh, that's so woo-woo or, you know, that's crazy talk. But I don't want to be here to stop him, if you know what I mean. I want to just be here. Like my parents never clipped my wings. They always said, go be whoever you want and work really hard. And, you know, if you work really hard at it, it will pay off. And um, so that's kind of what I've done. And yeah, I think I want to kind of raise Memphis the same way. Like I just want to be here to guide him. I would love to, to dive deeper into that as well. I've definitely got some, some points of view around that. I, I, I think uh, of my, my son, I say my son, but the, the yeah. little person I call my son, Oscar, uh, yeah, to, to, be, to be my greatest teacher so far. I mean, I, I had this vision that, um, so Oscar's two or two and a half, nearly three. Um, I had this vision that uh, all these lessons that I would be teaching him in these first few years and and uh, and beyond, and it's been completely backwards. It's been the other way around. I've learned more from him, I think, in two years than he'll probably ever learn from me. And it's it's beautiful. Like it, it was a shock at first, but it's it's a beautiful shock as well. That uh, just the way that they go about life in terms of just seeing it as play and being able to morph into these different emotions from second to second, I think is awesome and, and magic all in one. It's, it's really you know, cool. You know what I love about them as well? They don't give a fuck when they scream out and, you know, scream at the top of their lungs and all this stuff. And I think like, you know, as we go through life, like we're told to like, don't show your anger, don't, um, don't cry in public. Don't do this. Don't do that. When these babies, they just do everything. Like he's, I don't know, you will hear him, but he does this thing right now where he just growls. And I'm like, imagine you started growling someone on the, on the train. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of the funniest questions I reckon like you can raise at a dinner, dinner party or something with other parents is like, imagine if we started doing what they were doing right now, right here, right now. And just imagine the reactions you'd, you'd get but honestly I'm I'm on the same wavelength I think right now and in terms of where you're coming from because at the end of the day we were given the ability to shout so why don't we use it like that's just one I I suppose facet of of what society uh, in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways has tried to condition or just as naturally conditioned us away from 
maybe as well. Yeah. But I'd love it's to um, true. I'd love to to know how has parenting changed your life from your point of well, view. A lot, actually. You know, I now don't work in radio, so that's what I was saying. Like, I was so scared of everything. You know, everything that I feared kind of happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, I ended up giving up my career in radio. And do you know what? I feel truly blessed that I did that because I get to spend. And I never thought I would be this person. Like, oh well, I'll go back to work when he's four months, and I'll do breakfast radio, and I'll have it all, and this and that. And you know, I I, I could have it all, but I don't want it all. I just want him. And, you know, I have got to wake up to him every morning. Like I genuinely get excited to see him, um, you know, in the mornings to give him his cuddle and stuff like that. And, you know, and then I also like, you know, I think I'm just more mindful. Uh, I reckon my mum probably would explain it best. And she said, because I I was like, oh, I feel like I've changed so much. Yeah, I feel like I've changed so much. He's cheering for his mum in the background. Um, I feel like I've changed so much but like she said she goes I think you've become who you were before you went into radio and it's interesting because don't get me wrong I loved radio and I felt like I was I tried to be as authentic as I could be but when you're in the in the public eye sometimes you um you build an exterior that you know to protect yourself and you know I thought I didn't give a fuck what people thought of me when I was in it but now I look back I was like oh yeah I really did because since I've had him I actually don't care yeah yeah that was a good yeah (laughs) mum that's um (laughs) that's that's really well put like I remember hearing this quote the other day that just popped up when you were describing that that feeling and, and it was something like what do they think of me must be put aside for bliss and that's what I can hear yes. uh, just, just in I what you're describing that. right now. Yeah. yeah. It's, and but, yeah. I'm like you. He, I feel like, um, you know, Memphis is only nine, almost nine months. And I feel like I've learned so much more from him and about myself than probably what he's learned. Because, I mean, he's just a developing baby, right? Like, it's just going to happen naturally, really. So, like, do you know what I mean? I can show him love and show him, you know, kindness through my actions and everything. But... Yeah, I feel like more than ever right now, he has taught me and I absolutely love that because like I said, I never imagined that being a parent would do that. Although he's just about to move the blinds. This is his new thing. Like he likes to play with the blinds. Don't you? (laughs) We're trying to record a podcast. You've got to behave. (laughs) I think he wants a cameo, Heidi. I know, I know. And like I said, he loves the sound of his own voice. (laughs) See? Let's um let's let's dive into the, the the story behind the moment that you found out you were going to be a mum. I'd love for for you to take us back to then. Oh my god! Okay, wait, because he's going for the blinds again. You can't do that. Okay, so sorry. I was like, we were going to record this when he was asleep, which that's how I kind of balance mum life and doing this kind of stuff. Today he sabotaged. Um, So for me, the moment that I found out I was pregnant, we were actually on our, we were on our honeymoon and we were in um, Barbados and Griffo and I had um, been on this amazing, (laughs) amazing cruise. (laughs) Oh God, I feel so bad, Sean. You've got you to sit with your mum and behave. Um, I feel so bad, but I know parents get it, but it's all a juggle, isn't it? 
They they totally will. It's it's more than fine. Wow, look at him. I know, but I'm such a people pleaser as well. See, like, ah, say hi. Beautiful boy. Um, so, so the crazy thing was I got told that I was going to struggle to have a baby and um, just by doing tests and stuff with my doctor and um, she ended up calling me. It was just before we went away for our honeymoon and she ended up calling me and saying, it's going to be a real struggle. You're 35. If you fall pregnant naturally, like it'll be a miracle, all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like what the hell? Anyway, I flew back to Perth that day because I was back in Bathurst in my hometown. And I said to Griffo, right, let's make this baby. And like, we'll kind of take in the piss because we're going on our honeymoon the next day. And you know what I mean? It was the first yeah. time that I'd like, we'd been having sex without protection, but whenever I knew when I was ovulating, whenever I was ovulating, we'd always use protection then. So but it was kind of like the first time that we're like, oh, we're going to be a little bit dangerous, like thinking this is going to take a year. In my head, I was like, okay, I'll still do all these projects. I've still got this to do with work. I'm blah, blah, blah. I had all these, you know, thoughts going on in my head. And then we had sex that night and literally he, this little guy was making himself as we were on our way flying to America and, you know, we went to New Orleans and, like, we did all this partying and had so much fun. And then we got on this cruise and Griffo thought that I was going to jump off the edge because I just started to act really like my anxiety had come back and I was really moody for just, like, these really? mood swings, just real random. And then that happened maybe twice, like, and he was pretty much going to cancel the cruise. Like, he was like, right, we're getting off at the next port, like we can't do this. You're going to kill someone or me. And then um, I was like, no, it's fine. Like, I'm okay now. Like two hours later, like, whoa. Um, and I felt really out of control and I had all my self-care practices and stuff. And I was like, oh my God. Anyway, we got to Barbados, which was after our cruise for 10 days. And I had another big mood swing. And then I got sick the next day and I had this earache and stuff. And I just said to Griffo, we were down at the pool and my boobs were really sore. And I said, I think I'm pregnant. And he's like, no. And he goes, but then that might explain why you've been a bit crazy. What was what, Griffo's reaction like? I'd love to oh, know. Well, so he ended up like, so we ended up going down to the chemist and, um, he, he was like, nah, nah, surely not. And he's like, do you really want to find out here anyway? Like, come on, we don't want to find out on our honeymoon. And then we went to the chemist, we bought three tests and instant. And we literally pissed ourselves laughing, like uncontrollable laughter. And it just didn't stop for a good hour. And then like he cuddled me and then I just cried and cried and cried. And I was like, no, nah, this is so... And I kind of felt a little bit... Um, I felt like our honeymoon had been taken from us a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I didn't know how I feel, felt like, and then I started to think about my radio life. And then I started to think about us as a couple and, you know, let's be honest, a lot of relationships, who's playing my podcast now, um, a lot of my relationships, <laughs> it was actually not my one, just one that I'm listening to at the moment. Um, but yeah, like I was so worried. I don't know how you felt, but I was so worried that a baby would fully could damage us, you know, and, um, and children, like I hate, to, it's not the children's fault, but, um, you know, people choose to have babies and a lot of the time their relationships don't stand it. And so that was something I was really scared of. I was like, wow, our relationship is so amazing. So why would we want to ruin it? You know what I mean? 
and people just might not even understand that. So I had all those emotions going on and then I wouldn't talk about us being pregnant for the rest of the time. So we, we told my mum and my best friend and then that was it. And then he was allowed to tell his mum, but they weren't allowed to say congratulations. They weren't allowed to say anything until I'd processed. So mm. I had my identity crisis when I found out I was pregnant. Your life in some ways flashes before your eyes, doesn't it? Yeah. When, when you go into that moment. And, and I don't like speaking for, on behalf of anyone else, but Jess isn't here. So I'm just going to para, paraphrase what what she was sort of talking about and, and going through that, that stage. And, and I remember the first thing she said to me was one of the first thoughts was she was worried that one about the relationship because we were only six months into to our relationship as 21 year olds when, when we found out about the little surprise called Oscar and, um, and and she also talked about similar to what you were just saying around thinking that having a baby could potentially drag me down, her partner, and and that's where her thinking went straight away. Which was um, which I'll be honest, internally inside of me, it was the polar opposite. Like I was thinking, like I made it here. I've got the the love of my life, the person I want to spend the rest of my life with, and I've always wanted to be a dad, even since I was little. It was one of those weird things that I don't yeah. know. I just always wanted to to be a dad. But it's um it's something I think more common than 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 what you think out there. That that life flashing before your eyes. Yeah, and but I also think like you know you saying that like knowing that you wanted to be a dad when you were really young, like. In society, we talk about how the it's all about the women wanting that. Like, I know heaps of guys, like especially a couple of Griffo's mates, who are desperate to be dads. And that is like pretty much their biological clock was ticking before mine, but they hadn't met the right girls yet. And I think that we forget that sometimes. And I think that's really beautiful. Do you know what I mean? That you said that. Yeah. Because I know, and I think I forget, and you know, I, like I don't like to put all girls like this, but I think there's a few of us out there like this. But we get really heady. And we get in our we get in our head, and we stop to we we stop thinking from our heart. And I think you know we think, oh my god, well why would he want to be with me with this? And like, do you know what I mean? And like, and I forget just how much Griffo loves me sometimes. That of course he wanted to have that baby with me. Do you know what I mean? But I was so fucking scared. Yeah. I think of what I was about to lose. But whereas he was, he's just the you know that's why we're together because he grounds me, and then I love to go off on you know the adventures and be um, the crazy wild the dreamer. One. Yeah, um, but you know he brings it back, and he's like, "It's okay." Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we've got this together. Like, we're going to be amazing. But I mean, he—I don't know how you were when um, you had Oscar, but he actually went through a really big identity crisis after the birth of Memphis. And like I said, I could relate heaps to that to him because that happened to me when I was pregnant. So yeah, were you the same? Definitely, definitely. I I describe it. There's there's a guy that. Uh, there's an author by the name of Mark Manson. He wrote, yes. um, Love his the, book. yeah, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a parent friendly show here. <laughs> and, and one thing that he describes in, in one of the interviews I've seen of him, he, he, I don't think he's a parent, but he had a similar moment in terms of an identity crisis around 21, 22, which was the same age as myself when, when Oscar was born and he described it as, like a breakup when you break when you when you break up with an old self 
you're not breaking up with anyone else. You're breaking up with an old self. And it was honestly a, a personal realization that the people I was around, the environment I was surrounding myself in no longer aligned with this new self or, or my, my new values. And Oscar's birth was the catalyst for all of that. And that then snowballed into the catalyst for, for what is now sounding board parenting too, just being absolutely uh, curious and fascinated by everyone's different journeys, perspectives. And, and, and that's why we're having this chat now as well. He's, he's honestly, like I said at the start, the greatest teacher and has opened up doors for me to uh, grow personally that I would never have imagined. But I'd, I'm interested to know a little bit more about Griffo's experience with that and, and, and oh, how he went me, from there. You make me teary when I talk about this and like even hearing your story because it does, it's like I feel like you sound a lot older than what you are because of your, do you know what I mean, what you've found. And I think Griffo's a little bit similar to you um, in that, you know, he is quite a wise soul as well, um, but he's your traditional like kind of sparky, tradey, you know, he looks like a surfer, hangs out with the lads, get pissed with the lads and that kind of thing. And he still loves that. But a big thing for him was he decided to quit FIFO. He was going to be the stay-at-home dad. So this had all happened before. His biggest trigger is money. So we went from two massive incomes to me being on maternity leave to him, you know, leaving FIFO. Um, and then also I was like, had this real primal instincts as a pregnant woman and I didn't like alcohol being around me. So I didn't want him to get drunk. Like I got really like, you can't get blind drunk around me. Like, you know, and so he was going through all that, you know, cause I was in that real protective mode right at the end. Um, and he, he definitely, um, I think really internalized that before Memphis and then about five days after Memphis, it just all came out to the point that I was like, oh, fuck, this is exactly what happens when people get divorced, like, you know, the first year of their baby being born. And we had a massive fight because um, he'd had a few drinks, but, uh, you know, on minimal sleep, he got pissed off like three or four drinks. So Standard. I thought, yeah, I thought he was blind drunk. And then I'd had, you know, no sleep. I'd had the baby blues, like all this kind of stuff. And it just erupted. And, um, you know, like my dad had to walk out into the lounge room and stop us because he was like, are you guys going to kill each other? Just because we were screaming at each other. And it was the best thing to happen because he bottled it all up. And, you know, me, because my focus had just been this new baby. And, um, you know, Griffo was an amazing support. Like I could not have done it without him. He was there at Memphis was in NICU for, um, you know, for three or four nights um, and Griffo was with me every step of the way, every few hours to go down and feed him and stuff. So I think like Griffo describes it like you literally, for a woman, they have time to prepare, you know, because they have the, they, you know, although I had the identity crisis early, but you have the baby growing in you. So you kind of know what's happening. But whereas you like, He's like, you literally just go to that place. He's like, <laughs> he goes, that place that we, you know, we spent four nights or five nights and it, he goes, it just, and we didn't sleep and we came home with this crazy present. He's like, and you walk out and you're a totally different person. Like you have a totally different life. You have all these different, you know, responsibilities. He's like, literally you go to sleep one minute and then the next minute you're this new person. And he's like, and so your emotions and everything have got to catch up with it. And that's what I don't think he's really prepared himself for. And look, I don't know if you can, um, you know, and so he really, he really struggled. And then, you know, we just had a real big chat about it. And, um, 
and it's been amazing ever since. And, you know, like him actually, our podcast, First Time Parents, him actually talking through that, I think has been a massive help for him and our relationship because we have to have conversations sometimes that maybe we'd be too scared to have, but like it's good content. So I'll like push him there. And then, um, yeah, so I think guys probably don't talk about that enough, do they? The whole postpartum stuff. Definitely. I think it's it's on the, the incline, but it, again, it comes down to where you put your time and energy and, and the people that you spend time around with as well. And and I've really enjoyed listening to, to Griffo's insights on, on first-time parents just from a, yeah. a fellow father point of view as well. I think it's it's been really cool what you guys are doing. And, and I definitely can second that whole, it forces you to, to dive into things deeper than than what you may normally do. We're, we're so accustomed to just staying on that surface layer in, yeah. in all of our interactions with whether it be colleagues at work, whether it be friends, whether it be acquaintances or our partners or other family. This type of content, these type of mediums provide that opportunity to sometimes difficultly take those deep dives into to what you were feeling, which... Uh, 99% of the time, speaking for myself, comes out, um, you come out of the other end feeling feeling a lot more clear and concise and, and having a lot more clarity about, yeah, who you are and, and where you're heading as well, which is, has been really cool. And, and I'd, love to, I'd love to know what, or where are you feeling pressure right now as a parent? Um, where am I feeling pressure? Oh, I think probably working out. Um, so I spoke how I left radio and then I've, I've always kind of loved helping people and doing that kind of, doing that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I've given him the shoes, like, come on, mate, don't get bored of my shoes. <laughs> He's just playing with the shoelaces and the remote control. Um, but yeah, I think probably trying to balance a business as well as giving him enough and not, not that I don't want to ask for help because like I said to you before we started recording, I've got a girlfriend coming over today and I'm going to go get a massage um, and go off and do the groceries and then maybe have a sleep. Um, but she, um, yeah, so it's not that I'm scared to ask for help, but I think it's just that I just, I, I need to find a new normal. Now I'm stepping into this area of running my own business. Do you know what I mean? Like, whereas when I had a radio job, and I, I knew kind of my routine and everything. And then when Memphis, it was just Memphis and I for, um, you know, for the start of our new life together, we had a routine and I didn't have another, I didn't have another job or anything like that, you know, cause I was on maternity leave from the radio and then this year has been really different. So I think it's just trying to find like the actual time. What about this control? Try that one. Um, <laughs> just give him everything. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really like, and that's where I'm trying to find a balance. And I know that so many people would relate to this right now because of everyone being in isolation and, you know, kids couldn't go to daycare and, you know, that to homeschool kids and, and babies and stuff. But, yeah, I found that I've just tried to be, like the hardest thing for me is trying to focus get shit done whilst you know he's having a nap and you never know how long his nap's going to be so it's kind of like ah, oh, you're like you know you're you're running the gauntlet you're like oh am I going to get this done and this 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 yeah so I think it's just balance cramming in as much as you can into yeah. in, into that uh into that time before um 
yeah, but before they're they're up and about and, and yeah. just demanding your presence and and focus like like your little man's doing right now as well. He's he's I a little vocal champion. Away. Look at him. I know. Oh yeah, <laughs> loves it. What you 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 started talking about earlier in our chat? What you've learnt from from Memphis so so far? I'd love to dive into that a little bit more as well. What have you learnt from from him? Oh, um, the biggest thing was to I think not give a fuck what people think and how much I love myself. You know because and what my body has done for years, I struggled with negative body image issues. And that's stuff that I used to talk about on the radio and through my own socials and stuff like that. And, you know, I think the biggest reason why, one of the reasons why I used to get so passionate about it is because I didn't feel alone when people verified that, oh, they're having their thoughts. But then I also realized I was helping other people as well. Um, But I think like I struggled for so long and I've pretty much been a work in progress the last few years. And I've got, I wouldn't say I'm perfect. I'm still a work in progress. I still have days. But what he gave me was the power to, um, to change my thoughts, which I never thought that I would be able to do. And he gave me that. And it was just like I was 30 weeks pregnant with Memph and I didn't know whether I was having a boy or a girl. And I um, was going to Broome with Griffo for our baby moon. And I was like, oh, God, got to get some swimmers. But in my head and the negative self-talk, I feel like a whale, this, that, rah, rah. And then my girlfriend goes, oh, my God, you should wear a bikini. Like, you should do it. And I was like, no way. I've never worn a bikini in my life. Like, anyway, I went to Target that day to buy swimmers. And I thought, fuck it, I'm going to pick up the bikini. I'm going to try it on. And when I went to negative self-talk in the mirror, I was like, no, don't even do it. Like, this is the one opportunity you get to wear this bikini. And I was so frightened, but I took it and I didn't take a backup pair of swimmers. And, you know, the little demon was there. And I remember being on the beach and I'll never forget this moment. And like I said, I didn't know whether I was having a boy or a girl. And I remember Griffo was like, holy fuck, who are you? Like wearing a bikini on a beach and with all these people around. And, you know, and I remember in that moment, I thought, this is where I can change the story. My baby, I don't want them to go through the same things that I've gone through. So I need to literally start believing every single moment and embodying it. And then I walked around pretty much the rest of the honey, like the baby moon with the bikini on. And I pretty much haven't taken the bikini off even after I had Memphis. And I remember looking in the mirror and I could have whinged about my tummy hanging over and my pouch and everything. And my brain went to because that's what I'd been conditioned to do. And I went, no, fuck this. My body just created toes. It created fingers. It created a brain. It created this perfect little guy who came out my beautiful pouch in my belly because I had a C-section. And that is how I changed the story. So You're a legend, Heidi. Well, that's that's what I think now. So every time I get negative, like if I get pissed with Griffo on the weekend because we've been doing that in isolation have a few um white martinis that's my latest jam like i i i sometimes that negative creeps in and it's like you shouldn't have ate maccas and you shouldn't have drank that and i'm like now fuck that like you don't have tomorrow guaranteed and that was the biggest thing i realized with him is that my life is literally today and so why am i wasting it fucking worried about calories or do you know what i mean like yeah thinking about what others think yeah and like trying to bounce back who gives a shit that's what i was like i can't have my son doing this like he needs 
to just be comfortable in his own skin and also know that beauty is not on the outside, that he will be a good person because of, um, you know, the kindness and everything that he brings, not because of what he looks like. That is honestly an, an awesome summary and, 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 and testimonial for, for the power of self-talk. If, if I've ever heard one, I, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. Yeah. Well, like, it's funny because I talk about that in my workshops and stuff and some people are like, but how do you, you know, how do you do that? And I was like, well, this is years in the making. This isn't just like, you know, this is reading all of the self-help books that you've probably read, all of the podcasts, all of the self-help podcasts every single morning, um, you know, but really making myself aware that the shit that I'd been telling myself wasn't real. I believed all those stories. You don't have to believe the narrative that's in your head, do you? Like you do not have to do that. And I think that's what I finally realised. I was like, oh, I don't have to listen to that bullshit anymore. Like I can actually change the story. And that's what I say to people. If you start to catch yourself, that's the first thing, awareness. Once you start to become aware, then you can take yourself back to the moment. So that's what I think now every time. No, fuck, don't don't abuse yourself, Heidi. Like you gave, you created a baby. Like that's pretty amazing. And just the fact that you're here as well yourself, that's pretty lucky as well. Like to make it to 35, you know, like it's pretty, you know, it's pretty amazing. So I think that's all stuff I took for granted before. That's, that's awesome insight. That, that is really <laughs> cool. Memphis is, so you mentioned nine months old. Is, is that yeah, right? Yeah, he's almost nine months, yeah. How do I frame this? When you're at your best as a parent, when you feel like you're at, at your best as a parent, what are you doing? Um, when I'm at, oh, do you know what? It's really simple. But I think it's when him and I are walking along the beach together and he's in the baby carrier and we literally, I mean, like he obviously doesn't talk, but we talk about gratitude and I do that every single morning and I speak out loud and people at the beach probably think I'm crazy, but again, I don't care. Time for a short reflection break. This is an opportunity for you to stop, take a breath and reflect on your past week as a parent. If you have a pen and paper near you, that's great. If not, simply use your phone or laptop. I want you to write down three things. First, write down one moment in the past week that you were proud of yourself as a parent. Second, write down one area of your parenting that you would like to improve for the next week. Third, write down one moment from the past week where your child or children have made you smile. Be kind to yourself and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Um, I'd love to know what parenting did you experience as a child, Heidi? Um, do you know what? Like I, my mum has a coffee shop that's about to turn 30 that she's about to reopen. We pretty much grew up at the coffee shop um, with my mum and dad, both business owners, small business owners, working their asses off to give me and my brother everything that we could ever imagine. And so for us, we were really poor um, when we were, you know, quite young but rich in like love and what you know having the opportunity to have like a whole village of women raise us at the coffee shop and then mum and dad through their hard work came into a lot of money because of you know their businesses started to succeed so you know we kind of got lots of stuff in our teens and that um but the one thing that my parents taught me was <laughs> okay 
<laughs> quick, get back on the boot, um, was the one thing that my parents taught me was, I think I said it before, like just you can be whoever you want to be and you can um, do whatever you want in life just as long as you work hard, you will achieve. And so they pretty much taught me and my brother that we could be that. Now my brother's... Excuse me. Now my brother's an author, published author. Um, he's a historian. And then, you know, I went on to wow. have a successful career in media. Um, so, you know, they trained us really well. That's really cool. What lessons do you feel like you've taken from, from your parents? Um, I think it's, <laughs> do you know what's so funny? This just came to me then, but I actually called my mum after I had him bawling my eyes out like this full, and I said, I'm so sorry. And she was like, what, you know? And I was like, for the person that I was, like, because I said, I was a real asshole. And I said, I didn't realise how much, of an asshole I am now till I've had a kid and I get it now. Like I get the love that you have for me. Cause I was like, you could have given up on me so many times. And she was like, Oh Heidi, that was when you were a teenager. I'm like, no mum, let's be real. I was an asshole until my late twenties. Like I just did what I wanted. You know, I was just a bit of a, like, you know, would scoot around the world. She used to call it the halfway home coming home and stuff. And I guess I always used to put my friends before family. Yeah. They never taught me to be like that. But, um, you know, I, I think I realised for the first time, I was like, oh, the love and everything that they gave me, I got it. I really got it. So, um, yeah, like that was a really interesting moment. I don't know if that answers your question, but... It, uh, uh, that's really cool. It's, it's something that, that I can resonate with in terms of reflecting once Oscar was, was born. Yeah. Uh, that the way... Yeah, the way my parents were and yeah. whether whether I I admire certain things and there's certain things that I don't, um, at the end of the day it was really cool to reflect on how I was and, and the, the challenges that that are involved with, with being a parent. hundred percent. And it doesn't matter what mindset that you have when it comes to parenting, there's gonna be difficulties no matter what. Like there's universal challenges that yeah, uh, you, you're going to face inevitably at, at some point. Yeah, and I, I reckon like now I realise like, you know, and we can, we all get a bit fucked up by our parents, don't we? And like the sad thing is Memphis is probably going to be sitting in a psychological, you know, sitting with a psychologist at 16 being like, yeah, well, my mum did this. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I feel like that's inevitable because mm. um, that's just the human makeup. So as much as you try to be the best parent, and that's what I realised, like they just did their best. Totally. When when you let go of that that idea of perfection and, yes. and, and when you buy into the, the thought that nothing is fixed and permanent and that's including relationships, that's including being a parent, there's nothing fixed and permanent about it. And once you buy into that, personally, I found I've broken out of these shackles of restriction and stress and worry that that were, were honestly um, strangling me before in terms of yeah. just just overthinking everything in terms of how I do this with Oscar or how Jess and I talk to each other like this. At the end of the day, bringing conscious thought to everything is something I'm an advocate of, but there's a fine line between yeah. being conscious and uh, 
from a parenting point of view, being a helicopter parent, which, which is, is, is a whole nother topic. Oh my God. It's like, and I think, you know, I totally agree with everything you say. And on that helicopter bloody parenting thing, I find that, you know, that's what I struggle with as a mum because, you know, Griffo's the one working that I come home that sometimes I hover around him and I have to remember, oh shit, he, this is like, this is 50-50, you know? And as much as I'm with Memphis in the day, I've got to remember to be like, don't tell him, like, even though I might know some like tips and tricks to help him, like, I don't want to be too hovery. Like, that's something I've only spoke to my friend about the other day. And I was like, I think I've been hovering. She's like, yeah, me too. So <laughs> that's a whole other topic. That is, that is. Maybe it's a 2.0. Maybe we can get you back on it at some point. Come back and I will make sure this guy is asleep. He's he's been he's been awesome. I, you've been awesome with your time. I've just got a, a couple more questions. I'd love oh, yeah, to ask I'm, if that's yeah, okay, I'm, Heidi. I'm standing now and I'm juggling. Like I'm, I can I'm, see, I can see. This would be cool if, if we can get some of this video done because it'd be awesome for the um yeah. uh, for, for the the sounding board parenting community to, to see I the little it. man too. Make, make sure you tag me and all your stuff as well, and then I'll share it online too. I will, I will, and and I'd love to um. I'd love to take a, a sharp left now and, yeah. and and sort of circle back to something you talked about before around your career in terms yeah. of that, that realisation moment that things were changing, obviously. And and I'd love to know how has parenting impacted your career now that you reflect on it? Well, I've lost a lot of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, let's be honest, there was a part of me that was driven by money. I had a good pay packet. Um, but you know, it, it, like I, I think I always had this goal that I wanted to get to Melbourne or Sydney to believe that I'd achieved and believe that I'd succeeded. Um, but it's funny cause when I actually did retire or, you know, I don't like to say retire for too long, but cause you never know what the future holds. Like, I don't know if I'll ever go back. Um, but I, yeah, like I remember thinking afterwards, I was like, wow, I've actually achieved a lot. And I got to to Perth Breakfast Radio from Bunbury, you know, um, and in all within a couple of years. And Go Bunners. I, yeah, Bunbury, Western Australia. Um, and I think that was something that I was like, oh, fuck. I, I think, you know, when we talked about what he's taught me as well, I, I think I had all these ideals of I'll be happy when I get to this career. I'll be happy with this, I'll be happy, you know, if I get to Melbourne and this and if, you know, make this much money or whatever, that I realised that sometimes I wasn't really enjoying the moment. Um, I was just always trying to achieve to be successful um, when really I was successful the whole time. So I think I left on a really good note and, you know, I, I did some amazing things and stuff like that. So I don't have any regrets. I'm so grateful for my radio career and for the people that I met and, you know, the teams that I worked on because I, I fucking learn a lot, you know. Like I, I, got, I went through a lot of hell. I had a lot of anxiety. But I believe now that that was the vehicle to get me where I am today. And Part that of is, the journey. Yeah, and that is the space that I'm moving into, which I've always been women supporting women, um, you know, and doing all that kind of thing. And people go, why don't you do it with men? And I'm like, well, because I'm a woman and, like, I just get the female brain, so I'm not going to try and coach men. Um, you, I'll leave that to you. Well, this guy, by the sounds of it. He's, he's got something to say. I love it. Um, what do you think, Memphis? Yeah, he's like, 
you look fun, Sean. <laughs> but yeah, so I think for me, career and all that, like, I don't think it's over. I think for me, it's just beginning. And that has been really cool to witness myself, like kind of rebirth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, because I think sometimes now, like, shit, if I had to sit in a radio studio for another t- 10 years, like, I don't know. I just feel like I've evolved past that. And like I said, never say never. Who knows if it was the right show and, you know, whatever, I would go back. But right now I'm excited about my own journey. There's, there's honestly a, a few things that are like popping up that I, I find really beautiful and, and awesome about what you just said around the first being the, the way that you recognize progress. And yeah. I think that's vital to anyone's well-being is progress can be recognized from anything. And we get it stuck in our heads that progress is all about oh, wins and losses and, and success. And a lot of the times these days, money and and financial constraints and that sort of thing but even in times that we fail yeah there's progress to be recognized and and the other thing i, I love about that is that's what, people need to remember that though that's yeah. a good point because so much of the time and i think people that listen we think we have to um be perfect and failure is not a good thing failure is awesome it means you've been successful i believe that is that is awesome you you know what you, what what I've taken a lot from this chat is is what you're about, Heidi is is following, what gives you energy, and that's yeah. something I, I really admire. And I think the more people that do that, and there's more and more people doing it because I think we're at a time right now in society where where conscious thinking is at its pinnacle, which has yeah. its pros and cons. But I see a lot more people following what gives them energy, and that in itself says to me that there's no set way to go about life. There's no set path to, to take and we can do things and be and follow what gives us energy and that can take you anywhere. This can go anywhere and, and that's a beautiful thing about just being able to let go of set ideas of, of how things should be done and all those shoulds that come with, oh, I want this. So, I should be doing this, I should be doing this, I should be doing this. Follow what gives you energy. And that's something I, I really admire about you. So I just wanted to, oh, to acknowledge you for that. Yeah, thank you. Because, you know, there was part of me like, you know, I had to grieve my old job and I had to grieve that and I had to, you know, process all that. And, you know, I, and that's the thing I do. Like I love things that give me a high. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll be high after this podcast because – like that's the that's what I do because I know that I've fucking had a good chat and it's I've had a good connection. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of gem that gives me like natural highs. Like I don't need a wine at ten o'clock in the morning because I've got this podcast this morning. <laughs> totally, yeah, and and that is the essence of following what gives you energy. It's 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 yeah, it goes against a lot of um the norms. Yeah, we could say that that are out there at the moment and. And, and that's okay. And everyone has their, their, their own points of view and, and their own journeys as well. But at the end of the day, the, the one thing that it can come down to is the only thing that you can control is, is how you think. And you talked a lot about mindset before. And, and I think that's really awesome as well. You can't control what life dishes up to you. You can only control how you respond to it and, and where you move from there as well, which is, um, is something that, that is, yeah, that has been vital to, um, to, to a lot of moments in my life and, and it sounds like it's it's been similar for, for yourself in, in a lot of ways as well. 
Yeah, and I think just trusting in the universe. Like I think for so long I said that I trusted in the universe, but I don't know if I really did. And it's, I think, again, having him and like just really believing, just really believing in my intuition and stuff that I was like, oh, wow, like I actually believe that the universe has had my back now. Like I get that. That, that universal innate intelligence, that, that intuition that, that everyone has, has access yeah. to. That's, that's really cool. If, if, you could, if you could travel back in time oh, yeah. with one piece of parenting advice oh my God. for your pre-parent self, so if you could travel to before you became a parent with one piece of parenting advice, what would it be? Oh, God, that is a really bloody hard question. Does everyone get stumped on that? There's been a few interesting answers, so I'd, I'd love to I'd love to know yours. Podcast. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I think like it would be along the lines of like it's really simple. I think it is going to be. <laughs> I think it's going to be like everything's going to be okay because I think the first few weeks, right? I literally felt like I couldn't do it. And I felt like he was, like, I didn't, I was like, he was a complete stranger and um, I was frightened of him and I was petrified. And I think I thought, like, I'd put his nappy on wrong. I'd put, you know, uh, like, we were changing his nappy at every feed in the middle of the night. Also, don't do that. That's another piece of advice. You don't need to do that. You'll wake them up. Um, but, you know, we would think, like, oh, we've got to change him. He's actually got a shitty nappy now and I can smell it. But, you know, I've left him in it for the last hour. But I wasn't going to say anything. I, I could start to smell something. Through smell the- it. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, I reckon that it's, like, it's going to be okay and you've, and you've got this because, woo, little Superman. Um, yeah, I think you're going to be okay and you've got this because, like I said, I was so frightened of this little stranger when I first you know, frightened of who I was going to become. And um, I actually love who I am, you know, and I love that I'm a mum and I love that I get to be his mum. Come on, you're supposed to behave now. No, I, I love that. He, he had some input into that as well. <laughs> that's, yeah. um, that's really cool, Heidi. I think, I think for, for anyone, um, whether they're soon-to-be parents or they've been parents for a while, there's, um, there's, there's never too many times that you can just take that moment to stop and and just realize that everything's going to be okay um everything happens for a reason from my point of view and 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 you are where you're meant to be right now and in this moment uh and anything other than that well that's where suffering comes from that is the essence of suffering is is wanting life to be other than it is so if you can find some some time to stop and and reflect it's something i i found very useful and and, and a lot of uh, family and friends that uh, are now practicing things like meditation and, and mindfulness and and like you said just the simple simple exercise not a, not even an exercise of just speaking about gratitude that can be life-changing in in ways that that you would never imagine just like you've, you've talked about already which has been been really cool a hundred percent and you know like for me it was all about actually feeling. Um, So, yeah, so I think for me, it was actually feeling it. I think so many of us with gratitude, it's so easy for us to just like um, write it down, 
when in fact you really need to feel into it. Like, do you know what I mean? And I think it was like what you were saying with the whole energy thing. You've got to put your energy into your gratitude. And I think that's what I've really started to actually, like I said, with him, I just feel like he's changed everything for me. Do you know what I mean? Because now I really feel it when I'm grateful. Whereas before when I'd write it down, sometimes I would be like, oh yeah, I'm just writing it down. Do you know what I mean? Like my three yeah. things I'm grateful for. But I think really feeling it is important. Take that moment to, yeah, to, to feel yeah. What's, what's going down on, on the page. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. What, is, is there anything that you've read, watched or listened to that's, that's helped you as a parent so far? Um, um, what did I? Oh, look, I Googled a lot of stuff. I've Googled a lot. I've spent a lot of nights Googling. Dr. Um, Google. It's Dr. Google. And, you know, they say don't. But do you know what made me feel better? Was that someone had already Googled that crazy thing before me because, you know, it, it had come up in the little search engine. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm not that crazy. Someone has actually, you know, just Googled why is my baby grunting? Why is my baby farting so loud? Because I was like, shit, is that my baby? Um yeah, so uh, like I think I like we started stay home mums. This is a good one for mums, um, which is a really and like I'm not just saying it because I started it <laughs> with Edwina Bartholomew, but it's been amazing through isolation. We've got heaps of experts on there, so I find just chatting to the experts has given me so much knowledge and stuff. Um, and you know, like with um, with like starting Memphis on solids, like I was so petrified. Like I had the biggest anxiety that he was going to choke because being an anxious person, I started thinking worst case scenario, he'll probably choke to death or something like that. And so I found this lady called Dr. Kyla and she has been amazing. So I think just finding people like of the right source on social media has been an amazing help for me. And like, I think even seeing that through isolation as much as, it sucked for people who had just become new parents. I also felt like a whole new world opened up for everyone. And, you know, like um, just even the people that I've met, like Birthbeat, Edwina Sharrock from um, Birthbeat, she's another one that like I connected with and she does free antenatal classes for us at Stay Home Mums. But she's doing that on her videos every single day. She's connecting with mums and stuff. So I think as much as people whinge about social media, there's a real, I, I believe you've got to work at the relationship yourself, like the relationship in your life. You need to, with your partner, or you need to work at the relationship with social media. And if you work at it and get a good relationship with it, it can be really beneficial. And that's what I've kind of done, just found people through there. So there hasn't been any books. Like I haven't read any books, to be honest. I read a couple when I was pregnant. Um, but it actually made me more anxious because I, I'm one of those people that reads both sides of yeah. certain things. So I got really in my head about vaccinating. I got really in my head about like what kind of mum I was going to be. Like, you know, do I cord clamp? Don't I? Like all this shit that I was just really over, you know, and the birth and everything like that because I did hypnobirthing, but then I saw it, I had an obstetrician. So I was really like conflicting. Um but yeah, so I, I hope people don't get too caught up in that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Because once the baby's here, I'm kind of like, why did I worry about all that shit? Um, I've but heard yeah. that a lot. I've, yeah. I've, I've heard that a lot. And, and something that, that my intuition is sort of pulling me towards from, from what you just said is, is that at the end of the day, if you follow your heart more than your head, like in yeah. terms of what you felt with social media, 
and then what you felt with books might be the complete opposite for the next mum or dad down the road. But what you're what you're talking about is is following what feels right, following that yeah. that intuition. Yeah, but that can be hard sometimes, especially with what you think is right, and then you talk to your partner about it, and you know, and that's where Griffo and I have had sometimes differing views. And I've had to say to him, I think it's even in one of our podcasts, I don't know if you've had this chat with your partner, Jess, but we like talked about religion and stuff. And like I said, oh, well, do you want to baptize? And we just did an episode on like all big controversial like questions that you ask your partner that you maybe haven't debriefed yet. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, oh, well, I think we should baptize. And I'm like, why? And he was like, well, you know, and I was like, do you even know what religion you are? And he was, he didn't even know. And I was like, see, but it was ingrained in him because we got baptised. Whereas I was like, I kind of want to wait. And if Memphis can be whoever he wants, like if he wants to be Catholic, if he wants to, or let's be honest, I might get him baptised Catholic if he needs to go to a Catholic school. (laughs) Um, But I kind of just wanted to wait. I was like, I feel like that's something that I could wait. Um, But yeah, don't you reckon like with all those questions and stuff that you're like, probably should have debriefed that before. Yeah, yeah, there's... um there's there's actually the episode that i released today is with uh an awesome lady by the name of julie lithcott hames she's yeah she, she's a, a new york bestseller um she's got a couple parenting books and she's done uh, a ted talk that's got like five million views it's it's an oh, epic watch so on your bloody podcast boom chakalaka definitely recommend having having a, a watch of that ted talk and if you yeah. feel like it you might as well have a listen to the episode as well uh, 100%. <laughs> like don't even watch the ted talk she pretty much gave the ted talk on the podcast <laughs> oh it was it was an amazing experience and and yeah anyway she, she talks she talks about being able to being able to follow follow what feels right to you and just on the the partner piece she goes through this process and it's really cool it's not like a structured process but just this idea of being able to discuss topics that you know are going to come up similar to what you and griffo have just talked about in the podcast before those situations potentially come up and she's more talking about when they become teenagers more than anything and that's 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 a world away from us at at the moment (laughs) which i'd I'd rather not dive into that just yet as well but i mean we can come back for podcast 10 (laughs) and talk about that (laughs) well i mean yeah maybe like 10 15 years time when when Memphis and Oscar are entering teenhood this we can we can go back and and look back on what we've said gives me anxiety i know i know just getting too too future focused it it does that doesn't it what just to finish off what what are you loving about parenting right now heidi um what i love about parenting right now is i think just um like i think just everything that we've spoke about do you know what i mean like selfishly one being able to connect and talk about it do you know what i mean with people like that so like um, and, you know, be able to set up stay-at-home mums and first-time parents. So stuff that stimulates me and keeps me going in that space of, like, you know, helping and coaching people and stuff. Um, but then also, like, everything we spoke about today, he just makes everything so simple now. Like, so that is, you know, for me, the greatest gift. And, like, I think even isolation did that for a lot of people, whether you had kids or didn't. Um, you know, it really made you think about what you really wanted in life and like I said I was so scared to be a mum but now I'm like fuck this is the best job in the world like 
Honestly, it is. And, you know, I'm lucky that I get to do it. We've got a beautiful home in Perth, in Mullaloo, 600 metres from the beach. We set up our lives. You know, we worked really hard before. Griffo's still working really hard now. I'm working hard on my, my business. So just being able to um, achieve and design our own life and have Memphis a part of it, like, you know, he's our little sidekick, is awesome and you know he he's a real smiley kid really happy kid but he doesn't give away his giggles that often and so I work really hard for that <laughs> and, and I sometimes I'm like oh man come on like but he's like tough crowd yeah yeah um but you know that in itself is just awesome like I just I love it I could talk about it all day so could I so could I but uh, I'm wary of, of holding you t- holding you up too much from from your your time with your self-love with your massage and your sleep so i think a remedial massage all for because i got breast i've got bad posture anyway but breastfeeding and everything made it worse so i'm actually going for my neck and shoulders so it's not going to be nice at all so you know i'd probably prefer to stay and chat on the podcast but i do have i'm so sorry that he was because i know that you're like it's parenting and all that but like i feel sorry for all the people that have tuned in wanting time away from their kids and then they got my kid every few minutes so (laughs) that is that is more than fine i got a lot of joy out of out of seeing little memphis as well so that that was really cool we um we, we always finish off each episode with a segment called time to plug off and oh, th- this oh, is <laughs> this is this is an opportunity for you to basically uh for, for those listening actually to find out where they can find your work what, what are you up to right now um maybe plug for for first-time parents i can do that because yeah. it's an awesome yeah. awesome podcast and are you are you on social media and and what's next for you as well? Am I on social media? <laughs> of course. That's where Good I share question. all of my life because I'm an oversharer. It means I can share all of my, you know, stories that Griffo doesn't think is funny. I can share it with people that actually think I'm funny. Um, so at The Real Symbol and then it's underscore Heidi Anderson on Insta and then um, on Facebook, Heidi Anderson. But, yeah, if you find me, like, let me know if you, like, you know, if you want to connect more because, like, I'm doing heaps of cool stuff, um, especially if you're a woman with struggling with body image and all that kind of thing. Um, That is something that I've got, like, a secret project brewing um, that is going to be revealed in June, like, later June. So, um, if you are like, you know, if that's something that you want to, and it's not about shedding the baby weight, it's literally about working on your mindset and um, creating self care and all that kind of stuff. So there's a little secret uh, snippet of my secret. Um, and yeah, our podcast, I do stay home mums with Edwina Bartholomew, which is a virtual mums group. It's grown massive in like six weeks. It's got like 14,000 followers on Insta and we do experts. We do antenatal, free antenatal classes. We do our virtual mums catch up. Um, and yeah, it's been amazing source and so many awesome people connect through that and just really educational posts and relatable posts and stuff so that you kind of feel like you're not alone. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much me. Like if you want to find me on my website, this stuff happens there too. (laughs) But, um, I mainly, if you want to talk to me straight away, find me on Instagram. That is awesome. This has been awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time, Heidi, to jump on. The Soundy Board Parenting Podcast. Oh, sorry, I just cut you off then because I was going to say, I can't believe that we set this up in March and then we've recorded it now. 
but I was literally like, no, like I just need all this, you know, time. And, and then I was like, what? It's here already. So thank you so much for um, being so patient because I love what you're doing. I just think it's awesome. And, you know, I'm sure you get it a lot. And I kind of think, I guess it sucks when you're young, like, you know, because I feel like I'm old now, 30. I'm actually 36. I thought I was only 35. Um, but, you know, I'm sure you get it. It might be a little bit frustrating, but to be able to be where you are, um, so woke <laughs> in your early twenties and having a baby, like, I think that's really lucky. And, you know, a lot of people would go, Oh, but you're wasting your life and all that kind of stuff. But I think you have shown that, yeah, just by talking to you, I think you're a great guy and I think you'd be an amazing dad. And I think what you're doing is fucking awesome. So thank you. Thank you, Heidi. That's, um, that's really nice. There's just, yeah, there, there's one, one feeling I want everyone to experience and, and that's just being kind to themselves. I yeah. think we we get so hung up on, on what's going on on the outside and, and, and we rarely get time to, to look, look inward. And, and I think it can be as simple as that sometimes just stopping and, and reflecting. And, and yeah. again, yeah, I just want to thank you so much for, for jumping on and, and I wish yourself Griffo and, and Memphis all the best into the future. Oh, you too, mate. And you know what? I'll totally come back on another time and we can talk about exactly that, being kind to yourself and getting rid of the guilt because when it starts, like that is something that I'm working through now. So lock me in. I'll come back if you have me and I'll make sure my baby's at daycare or with his grandparents. (laughs) He hasn't even started daycare, but I'll just get him to start daycare for you. Thank you for listening. Personally, These interviews are providing me a time to reflect on my week as a parent. Let me know if anything stood out for you during the chat. As the new pod on the block, yes, dad jokes are welcome here. It would be great if you could look out for us and share this episode with someone that you think may be interested. While you're at it, why not head to our socials and show some love with a like, follow or comment. Keep an eye out for the next pod drop. Big thanks to Steelo Media for producing this piece of art we call Sounding Board Parenting. From my heart to yours, I hope you're making progress on something you love and something that makes you feel alive. Remember, this can go anywhere.